What's next for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers following their divisional round loss to the Detroit Lions? That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Tuesday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko at Jarko underscore Bucks. The show is at Locked On Bucks, and I'm your credentialed member of the media covering the Buccaneers as the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. And right now, you can become a Locked On Bucks insider where you get news, rumors, updates, and just general thoughts, plus one-on-one conversations with me via text message. Head to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnBucks to become an insider today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. On this episode of Locked on Bucks, I'm going to tell you why I don't think Todd Bowles made a bad decision at the end of the game against the Lions. And then we're talking about Todd and some of his comments from the end of season media availability. But first, it is time to take our initial look at what the offseason holds for the Buccaneers. Now, I understand uh, and I want you to understand that we're going to get much more in depth on this over the course of the coming weeks, over the course of the coming months, leading up to the new league year in March. But with the season officially over, it's good to take a moment and take a look at the overall status of the roster and what players are going to be hitting free agency, kind of lay out an initial roadmap to potential success in 2024. So according to Track, the Buccaneers currently have approximately $48 million in cap space and only 203,000 in dead cap. Compare that to the 81 million that they had in dead cap this year. It still managed to be one of the final eight teams standing with all of that dead cap money. But I want you to listen to this list of pending free agents. We have Aaron Stinney, William Golston, Zach Triner, John Wolford, Greg Gaines, Chase Edmonds, Matt Filer, Patrick O'Connor, Ryan Neal, Cam Gill, David Moore, Justin School, and then Chase McLaughlin, Antoine Winfield Jr., Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield, Levante David, and Devin White. I'm going to go ahead and run through that, that first set real quick. Aaron Stinney, I think it's probably likely that he stays. He may not be the starter next year, but I think it's a pretty solid um, guess that he is going to return and compete for that left guard spot. He took over as the starter for Filer in the season because he was playing a little bit better, little sketchy down the stretch, but Aaron Stinney is a guy that, at the very least, is going to provide you depth at an affordable price. William Golston, he has been in the league for a long time. If he returns to play next year, again, that's an affordable depth rotational guy that you can get 
and it's not going to blow up your cap. Zach Triner, he'll be back. Um, yeah, he's he's the long snapper. I mean, they could get a different long snapper. Again, not going to cost you a lot of money. Is going to be really easy to bring back. Team is familiar with him. He's familiar with the franchise. Probably going to be back. John Wolford, eh, could take it or leave it. Again, not going to cost a lot of money. He's only, you know, he's the third quarterback. So if he stays, great. If not, it's not a big loss. Greg Gaines, I could see him back in another rotational role. He did pretty well down the stretch again and not going to cost you a lot of money. There's a running theme here with these guys in the, in the, First two thirds of the list, not a lot of money provides you depth. Chase Edmonds, he's another one. Could take him or leave him. The Bucks could address running back in the draft, get a guy on the cheap for at least four years. I will have my thoughts on that. I would love, love for the Buccaneers to draft Estime out of Notre Dame. He is the perfect complement to Rashad White. Gets you the speed and you know elusiveness with White, the power guy with Estime that's going to bowl over some of these defenders. I would love that pairing, but Chase Edmonds really came into his own uh, again in the latter half of the season in the passing game, in the running game. I could see him being back, but you take a look at the Bucks' running back situation. They really only had two. Sean Tucker didn't really pan out all that well. Keyshawn Vaughn is Keyshawn gone. So uh, running back is certainly a position that the Buccaneers are going to have to address in one way, shape, or form. Uh, Matt Filer, I don't think he returns. Um, again, he lost his starting job to Aaron Stinney, and if Aaron Stinney is kind of their plan moving forward as the starter, you can get a more affordable backup guy, depth guy. Uh, so I think Filer is gone. Patrick O'Connor, he's another one. Won't cost you a lot of money. Solid rotational guy, but replaceable if they decide not to pay him. Ryan Neal, I think he's gone. They're probably going to have to address safety in the draft. I don't think they're going to go out and get a starter in free agency, but I don't think Ryan Neal will be back. Cam Gill, special teams guy, rotational guy, not going to be you know uh, getting a, a massive contract. I could see him being back. David Moore, I think they do bring back David Moore and uh, give him maybe a two-year deal. Again, He's he's a, a wide receiver four, wide receiver five type of guy. Sometimes he slid into that wide receiver three role, but I absolutely think they bring back David Moore. He really started to click with Baker late in the year. Dave Canales loves him. Todd Bowles loves him. Baker loves him. Uh, I do think he's back. And then Justin School, again, he could stay or, or he could go. Um, but let's get into some of these more pivotal guys. Chase McLaughlin, he's going to be back. Um, and then you have Antoine, Mike, Baker, Levante, Devin. To me, the must-keep players are Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Chase McLaughlin. Spotrac's estimated market value for Baker is currently $27.1 million. That's going up. There are people already saying that Baker's probably going to get $40 to $45 million, uh, on an AAV. Not guaranteed, but an AAV. Uh, I don't think it's going to get quite that high, but there may be a bidding war for Baker Mayfield, given how he played this season. He wants to come back to Tampa. The Bucks want him to come back to Tampa. I think they get something worked out, and Baker is back. Mike Evans, his estimated market value is $23.8 million. Baker wants him back. The Bucks want him back. The question is, does Evans want to come back? That one's, that one's tough. The Bucks have to find a way 
to bring back the best offensive player in team history and give him what he wants. And finally, Antoine Winfield Jr., his estimated market value is $18.5 million. I think that's pretty much spot on. The Bucs are going to find a way to structure that and keep Winfield there. I would love to keep Levante, but I'm not sure if he will. Remember, Levante joined the league in 2012. So I don't think this is a situation where the Bucs get to choose whether or not they're going to try to keep Levante David. I think it's up to Levante David as to whether or not he wants to continue playing. So if he wants to continue playing, I can see him working out a deal with the Bucs and, and continue to stay with them. I don't think that's, that's a situation where he's going to ring chase or anything like that. If Levante doesn't retire, the Bucs are going to find a way to bring him back. And then finally, Devin White. See ya. Estimated market value at $20.1 million. The Bucs are not going to pay that. Uh, Devin White wants that, and I think at this point, uh, Devin White has worn out his welcome in Tampa. So fans are saying, you know, thanks for 2020, but best of luck in your future endeavors. I think the Buccaneers feel the same way, and we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. I'm also going to talk about some guys that I think are under contract and probably aren't going to be part of the 2024 roster that is coming up next on today's episode of locked on bucks part of the locked on podcast network your team every day the nfl regular season is all wrapped up but there's still time to get in on the postseason action with FanDuel, america's number one sports book right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet not win Place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. You can do your typical spread, money line, over-unders, or you can jump into some live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find some of the most popular parlays out there. You can do futures bets. You can bet on who you think is going to be the number one pick, who you think is going to have the number one pick, who you think is going to win next year's Super Bowl. So many different options all in one place on a really user-friendly app. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup by getting that $150 in bonus bets by just placing a $5 bet. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Every day is make sure you're coming back tomorrow. It's a WTSP Wednesday with Evan Klosky. He'll give his thoughts on the end of the season and start to look forward to what the Bucks have in the offseason. Meanwhile, Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
I, I do want to talk about some of these guys that the Bucks have under contract for 2024 before I get into my conversation about Todd Bowles. So I'm going to name four. We're going to name four key guys, and I'm going to get one out of the way really, really fast. Jamel Dean. A lot of people were calling for him to be cut. He wasn't living up to the contract. All those things. Jamel Dean is not going anywhere. It does not make any financial sense for the Bucks to cut or trade Jamel Dean this offseason because of the way the contract is structured. It would actually cost them money and they would lose cap space to move on from Jamel Dean. So Jamel Dean is not going anywhere. And you saw, you saw firsthand what happened when Jamel Dean left that game against the Lions with that back injury. As soon as that happened, the Lions moved the ball with absolute ease. Jamel Dean is far more important than a lot of people want to give him credit for. And down the stretch, he was playing up to the level of that contract. He just got off to a really, really bad start early in the season. So going to get that out of the way. Jamel Dean is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer in 2024. But let's talk about a couple other guys. Shaquille Barrett. He was asked by the media during the locker room availability when they were cleaning stuff out for the offseason. And he's fully aware of the situation that he may be cut. He understands the business side. He understands all of that and that it's really not up to him. So Shaq Barrett, if he is designated as a post-June 1st cut, will leave $9 million in dead cap in 2024, $17 million in dead cap in 2025, but would free up $4.9 million in cap space for 2024. So that would get the Bucks over the 50 threshold. They would have to eat a large chunk next year. But all in all, the contract is not matching the production. You have guys like, you know, Yaya Diaby rising up. You have a lot of really solid edge rushers coming in the upcoming draft. So it's not out of the question uh, as to whether or not Shaq Barrett is with the team next year. But certainly something to keep an eye on next is Jamel Dean's partner in crime, Carlton Davis. A pre-June 1st cut will leave $14 million in dead space and open up $6.3 million in cap space. If he's a post-June 1st cut, it's going to be $6 million in dead money in 24, $8 million in dead money in 25, and then $14.3 million in cap space in 2024. So he frees up a ton of money if he is a post-June 1st cut, and then that $14 million in dead money gets split over the course of two years. That's a route I could certainly see the Buccaneers going to free up that $14.3 million because that's darn near going to get you uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. back. Zion McCollum played outstanding football throughout the year, filling in for Dean, filling in for Davis. They might be ready to move on to Zion as a full-time starter and move on from Carlton Davis. But here's the guy that I think is a guaranteed cut. Don't get me wrong. Todd Bowles loves him. Uh, Dave Canales loves him. Baker Mayfield loves him. But Russell Gage, since signing, has really not played much at all. He has been dealing with injuries. And by cutting Gage, the Bucks will have $2.1 million in dead cap space and $11.1 million in cap space. So that would put that move alone would put the Buccaneers up to almost $60 million in cap space. That is more than enough to get Winfield, Evans, Baker, and Levante all locked up. Because remember, those contracts, 
don't all come out of the 2024 cap. You're going to be able to finagle some things and work those contracts. That is going to give you a lot of flexibility. If you do a post-June 1st designation for Carlton Davis, now you're almost at $75 million in cap space. You can rework some contracts. You can do some other finagling. And the Bucks, and I'll do a deep cap dive at some point, but the Bucks could be playing with nearly $100 million in cap space to make sure that they lock up their guys that were the big-time leaders and contributors. But I do want to go ahead and move on and talk about this Todd Bowles situation because there's a lot of talk going on about the Bucks not using their last time out to stop the clock and give themselves another chance at the end of Sunday's game. And look, the Lions were at the 31-yard line when they took a knee with 34 seconds left. And, and even then, it's third and 12 at that point. So the Lions would have had another two plays, and, and the game was effectively over. They take the knee on third down. That means fourth down, they could have taken another knee, and, and you're looking at about like 10 seconds left for the Bucks to do something, to, to go 70 yards, kick a, you know, if, if the Lions kicked a field goal, now it's an 11-point deficit, the game is over. If, if the Lions go for it and convert, it's over. And, and you're talking about such a minuscule chance that the Bucs were able to pull off a miracle. Todd Bowles knew that that timeout wasn't going to make a difference in the grand scheme of things. Yes, crazy things happen in the NFL every single week, but this wasn't a situation where the timeouts were actually necessary. We've seen Todd Bowles leave timeouts in his pocket that he shouldn't have. This one, it wasn't a big deal. It really wasn't. That game was over. Todd Bowles understood it was over. The Bucs understood it was over. You know, the Lions knew that it was over. Using that timeout there, to me, is actually a bad look. It's 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 taking an, a something away from the team that earned that victory, right? It's almost, I don't want to say it's bad sportsmanship, but it's actually really solid situational awareness by Todd Bowles. So, I mean, had had the Lions knelt and opted for the field goal, yes, there's a chance that Michael Badgley misses it. He was one for one on field goals from 40 to 49 yards this season, and that's not a huge sample size. It, it's certainly doable. Uh, for his career, he's 37 for 48, which is only 77%, but again, you know, it's not elite by any means, but you're in a dome. You're not dealing with the conditions. You're not in a Tyler Bass situation here. It's more likely than not that he makes it. And in the event that he didn't, the Bucs had one play to try to score a touchdown. And then they still had to get a two-point conversion just to send it to overtime. And when I see people ripping bowls for not using the timeout, I think I I think to myself. I have a much bigger problem with going for two after Mike Evans' touchdown than I do with not using the timeout. I have a much bigger problem not challenging the spot on Edmonds' catch and run on third and 15 in the second quarter to get that fixed and then going for it on fourth and inches from your own 34-yard line than I have with him not using the timeout. I have a much bigger problem with Luke Gedeke deciding just not to block Aiden Hutchinson on third and four on the Bucks' opening possession of the second half when they were in Detroit territory. They were closing in on field goal range and could have taken a lead. I have a much bigger problem with Jamel Dean dropping an interception that hit him directly in the hands at the beginning of the game 
And, and then that resulted in a Lions field goal. And think about that for a minute. Dean drops the interception. The Lions get a field goal. McLaughlin misses a field goal. The Bucks go for two and fail. That's a huge swing. We are talking about an eight-point swing, which, ironically enough, was the margin of victory. So calling a timeout at the end just didn't make any sense. And, and I don't blame Todd Bowles one bit for not doing it. Uh, as I said, it was just delaying the inevitable. So people need to ease off of Todd for not using that timeout and go back and look at some of the other situations that happened throughout that game that could have changed the outcome. By and large, the Lions played a phenomenal football game. The Buccaneers played phenomenal football in spurts. They weren't able to continuously and consistently match the intensity and the drive of the Detroit Lions. And in the end, that's what cost them. I'm going to be talking more about Todd coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. What if I told you you could have an extra $100 in your pocket if you were headed to Las Vegas for the big game? Would you treat yourself to one of those legendary buffets? Take in a show? Maybe be like me and drop it down on the blackjack table. Well, game time is looking to do exactly that for you. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users, all, get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. I love game time. I search the map for great deals and utilize the view from your seat feature before making my final decision. I used it to take one of my sons to see the Tampa Bay Lightning. I used it to take my other son to go see his Boston Celtics. And my dad and I used it for our chance to go see the Illinois Fighting Illini basketball team next week. And with all-in pricing, you don't have to worry about those about the dreaded bottom line when you get to check out and all those crazy fees pop up. You know exactly what you're paying when you make your selection. And I'm also a huge fan of being able to use Apple Pay at checkout, which makes things even easier for me. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. And right now, all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. That's Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a ticket to the big game. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday episode of Locked on Bucks podcast. James Yarko here with you every Monday through Friday. Todd Bowles had his end of season media availability and had a few interesting things to say. But I want to talk about the stark difference in two different answers to questions that he was asked. And I'm going to start with him being asked about Levante David. And Todd Bowles said, quote, I'd love to have him back. He's one of my favorite players I've ever coached. I don't even look at his age. He plays timeless. He plays timeless football. He plays it the right way. He prepares the right way. He's the ultimate professional. Then Todd Bowles was asked 
about Devin White's season. And he said, quote, it's probably up and down, some injured up and down like our season. We had some good days and we had some bad days. I could say that about a lot of guys that played that way, end quote. But then he was asked if Devin White played his last snap with the Bucks, And he said, quote, I don't know. He's a free agent from a business standpoint. I love Devin to death from a free agent standpoint. I know it's a business and things have to be out there. We'll work together and work some things out and hopefully we can come out with something, end quote. I, much like David always did on the talking about Todd on, on Tuesdays, I'm reading between the lines here. Let's go back and and really pay attention to the quote about Levante David. He says, I'd love to have him back. He's one of my favorite players I've ever coached. He's the ultimate professional. He plays the right way. He prepares the right way. Just heaping the praise on Levante David and talking about him from a playing standpoint, uh, an inside the building standpoint, and Levante David as a person. When he's asked about Devin White, it's all business. You know, he says that he loves Devin, doesn't talk about his play, doesn't talk about his preparation, doesn't talk about anything other than it's a business. So the message here is that Devin White's gone. Like we we were talking about it throughout the season. We were talking about it leading up to the season. And then all of a sudden it looked like a flip switched and Devin White was going to be Devin White. Well, in a sense, Devin White was Devin White. It was the same old, same old show up for one game, disappear for four games, show up for one game, disappear for three games, not take the field because you're mad that KJ Britt is now going to get a bunch of snaps in the playoffs. KJ Britt was getting more snaps than Devin White. He became a situational linebacker. You know who's not a situational linebacker? Levante David. Again, he's the ultimate professional. He plays the right way. He prepares the right way. Devin White, he's all about flash. He's all about flash. He's all about his Instagram. He's all about him. And I think the Bucs are over it. And they saw during that winning streak and into the postseason, that the defense operated better with K.J. Britt on the field. Devin White took to Twitter talking about, quote-unquote, and pardon my French, but, well, you know what? I'll edit it. Quote-unquote, dumb butt fans when people were talking about one of the touchdowns that was let up. And he's saying, that's why I don't interact with these dumb butt fans. I did my job. No, you didn't because you let the guy leak out behind you and you weren't supposed to. So the, the attitude, the sense of entitlement, the me first, not team first attitude, all of that plus the I want my $100 million means that that money can be better spent elsewhere. Let Devin become someone else's problem now. And you know what? If he goes if he goes to Philly, if he goes to Baltimore, those teams that he's always hyping up and talking about, you know, and he balls out, good for him. You know, I, I don't hold any personal ill will towards Devin White. I just wish that he would have played better for the Buccaneers. 
He had a incredible postseason in 2020 when they went on a run and won a Super Bowl. And I think that became a problem. I think Devin White started to believe that he was better than he truly was and didn't put in the work to continue to get better, to continue to improve and become an all-pro and become a perennial pro bowler. Instead, he rested on his laurels, thought he was the man when he was still the second best linebacker on the Buccaneers. So when you hear a head coach talking about one guy in the, in the framework of, I'd love to have him back. He's one of my favorite players. He plays timeless football. He plays the right way. He prepares the right way. He's the ultimate professional. And then you have him talk about another player and it's business, business, business. You know, we're, you know, we'll work together and, and work some things out. But it, in the end, it's, it's a business. That tells you everything you need to know. Because if you ask him about Mike Evans, which someone did, someone said, you know, what are your thoughts on, on thinking about Mike Evans in another uniform? And he said, I don't even want to think about it. I don't I don't want to I don't want to put that image in my head. You ask him about Antoine Winfield Jr. He's going to talk about being a professional and the way he plays and the way he prepares and the versatility and what he can accomplish and what he's done this year. If you ask him about Tristan Wirfs or Baker Mayfield or Chris Godwin, he's going to have similar things to say that he did about Levante David. But you ask him about Devin White, oh, it's a business. It's a business. Sorry, we can't bring everybody back. It's a business. And that right there tells you that Devin White is not going to be back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2024. And if he is, you know you know as well as anyone that I will admit when I'm wrong and I will eat my crow, but I just don't see a path for Devin White to return to this team, not with the players that they have to bring back, not with the Holes on the roster that they have to fill. Again, Devin, 2020 was awesome. Um, best of luck in your future endeavors. That is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Bucks. Make sure you're coming back tomorrow. I'm going to be joined by Evan Klosky talking about his thoughts on the end of the Bucks season and what he's looking forward to in the offseason. Meanwhile, if you want to become a Locked On Bucks insider, make sure you go to jointsubtext.com slash Locked On Bucks. Check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow on Twitter at Locked On Bucks and at JRCO underscore Bucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining me right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Oh, <laughs>